You're listening to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. I'm Nicole Holcomb, former teacher and school counselor turned civil rights attorney and podcast host. It wasn't that long ago that we learned the reason that our daughter was struggling to learn to read in first grade was dyslexia. Fast forward four years past many hours of research and collaborating with experts in the field of dyslexia. Now I'm sharing the lessons I have learned that took me from being an overwhelmed mom who didn't understand dyslexia to a go-to mom who is helping hundreds of moms each week through education and collaboration. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies and hacks to help you do the same. If you're feeling alone and lost on your parenting dyslexia journey and you're looking to find a mom who gets it, you're in the right place. Let's jump in and get started. You are listening to part three of the Back to School Boot Camp for Moms podcast series, and I am so glad that you are here for this special series. Today in part three, I'm talking all about communication logs and data notebooks. If you didn't have a chance to listen to part one or part two, no problem. You can listen to those independently. They don't build on each other. So go back after you listen to today's podcast. Part one is about how to create your own home command center. And part two is how to create a homework station. You're going to love both of those as well. But today, I'm digging all into communication logs and data notebooks. These two pieces are a must-have to have you organized, not only for the first day of school, but for your entire school year. You're going to want to listen to this one probably every year as you get ready for the school year. So let's start off with what is a communication log. Like, what do I mean by communication log? I really think of it as a record of contacts that you've had throughout the school year with school staff, let's say specialists or therapists or counselors, any professional who's working with your child. So there are a few ways that you can create and maintain a communication log. It really is things like this. Let me give you some examples. It really is things like emails. You can save emails. Those could be, you know, print those out or you can keep them digitally. You could also have a a literal list in a notebook where you write down a date and a time and a a communication. I spoke spoke to Miss Smith about homework. You can use a log sheet and we have those in the VIP experience. A log sheet where you can record and keep contacts listed out by date by that email, phone, and the, you know, or if it was a meeting. So you can list those pieces out. So it really is more of a record of those contacts, which is very helpful if you've got to go back and think about, okay, when did we talk about a specific accommodation and we're having some concerns with that? Or we when did we put that accommodation into place? Has it been long enough to see improvements or what should we be looking at next? You'll be able to go to that log and see, you know, maybe maybe you're like me. Maybe your memory's not great. I don't know. Maybe you're juggling multiple kiddos and multiple things. And you're like, did I send that email? You can go back to your log where you have written it down And you'll know, oh, no, it wasn't two days ago. It was three weeks ago. Let me check back in on that. So it gives you a place where you can check to follow up with with people as well. So I think that's very helpful as you think about what it is that you need from a communication log. Now, the other piece you may be wondering is, what is this data notebook? Well, I love data notebooks. It's, It's a thing that all of us as parents have in common, and it is that we get a lot of paperwork, right? (laughs) Schools send home copies of progress reports, report cards, behavior logs, teacher notes, evaluation reports, 
Whew, state testing. I mean, it goes on and on, but that's just to name a few. So we all have that in common. We get lots and lots of paperwork. You may even receive types of documents that we just talked about through an email. And if it's like it is for our school, sometimes that's a limited time that you have to save and print those things. So it's important that you have a system to organize these documents because you may need them for future reference. I don't want to say you may, you actually, you will, you'll need those for future reference. So let's talk about how you set one up. What does it look like? Well, first thing first, step one of setting up your data notebook. When you first think about a notebook, there's a, a very initial decision you have to make, which is, are you going to create an electronic notebook? Are you going to create an actual hard copy notebook? So you've got to make that decision first. And the first decision you will make is, is really looking at not only that notebook, but those communication logs. Do you want to keep both or either of those in electronic formats, or do you want to print those out? This really is a personal decision. I'm very techy. I love technology, but I'm also a little old school. I love having a copy of something that I can make notes on or I can refer back to at a meeting. So it is really completely up to you. I do like having hard copies because of, not if, but when I go into a meeting, parent meeting, you know, if you have a, an IP meeting, a 504 plan meeting, if you just have a parent-teacher conference, whatever it might be, it is so much easier to have that hard copy reference than to try to find something on your phone or your iPad and try to pass it around the group. So I prefer hard copy, but I do have a lot of this information in electronic copy as well. If you're going to do electronic files, I would create like a Google Drive with folders to organize your files. I know some moms have a OneNote notebook through Microsoft where they save all those pieces. Um, and, and Google and, and the OneNote allows you to create these digital folders to organize your child's documents. It's almost like an electronic notebook. I mean, that's really what it looks like. And there's several ways that you can do that as well. Uh, but really thinking about those Google folders, just like those electronic folders are going to look just like what you would have in a regular notebook as far as how you would do those headers and how those would look. So you might have one for a school year. You may have one for an evaluation, different pieces there as well. Now, step two is choosing a communication log. So you've got your note, you've decided on your notebook. It's either going to be digital or it's going to be hard copy. And then the very next thing you need to think about is that communication log. Do you want a notebook for each school year where you jot down the date and the time and who you, who you spoke with? It doesn't have to be actual minutes from a meeting. It's just a quick reference log so that you have a list of, you know, those, those meeting notes or an important email. Maybe you request an evaluation through an email and you want to put a date on there so you can keep up with that date. Maybe it's a phone call you made. So you can actually keep some type of notebook. It can be a composition book. It can be a journal where you actually just jot down the school year. But you don't, let me just caution you there. You don't need to type or write down every single doc, every single, not document, but every single contact. You know, if you have emails about your child's transportation or a field trip, or maybe an email reminder that went out to the entire student body about, or all the parents rather, about a fall festival in October. Well, you don't need that in your data notebook. So feel free to delete those pieces. You do want to keep copies of documents that provides updates on your child's academic progress, behaviors, any type of, of notices of meetings or evaluations, keep those pieces. 
in the VIP experience for the back to school boot camp, we actually have copies of for you copies of the an actual log sheet that you can use. But you can also Google those, and there's lots of different copies out there if you want to grab a free copy. If you want it done for you, we have it as part of the boot camp as well. And it's just a, again a contact list depending on if you want to keep that in a written format or digital. Now, step three to creating your data notebook is organizing those documents. Oh, I know. <laughs> if your child is anywhere older than kindergarten, you probably have a lot of documents. So I would start first by really getting ready to start building that notebook. So you're going to gather all your child's educational documents into one location. I prefer a kitchen table, something that's large, something that where you could organize your documents. If you happen to have an extra table, um, you know, we have a couple extra tables around here. You know, you could pop up an eight-foot table and put everything on that. I would organize your documents by date in chronological order. If you don't feel like you have everything, you can always ask for a records request from the school, and they can provide you school records if you're not sure you have everything. And, you know, the first time you set up this notebook, you will need to decide how you want to organize these documents. You're going to want to decide how you want to divide it up. Now, you can either put sticky tabs on the side to divide it up. I use actual tab divider sheets that divide up different areas in our notebooks. Uh, but I still would file those in a chronological order so they're, they're nicely organized for you. So you might be thinking, well, what are some examples? Like, what would I need to actually put on this divider as a title? Well, you could have a tab for communication where you put your communication log and right behind it, you could put actual emails or minutes from meetings. And so you could have one tab that's all your communication. You could have one for evaluations where you keep those evaluations that you've had done of your child. You could have one for sample work. You could have another for 504 or IEP plans. You could even have another one that's for assessments. So I would really, you know, advise that you think about what you need for meetings for your child. What would you need to be able to see the big picture of the situation? You know, if you had to go to a meeting at your child's school or a doctor's visit, what are some pieces that you would need so that you have all those pieces in one place? Now, there are some people that recommend you just do it in chronological order. And so everything's in there and not necessarily uh, tabbed out or divided out. It is just literally from the first day to the last day. So you're just building upon your child's record. You can do it that way. Again, it's completely up to you. What you might want to do, though, is tab things that you would refer to often. Like, for example, uh, a, a, a recent evaluation, right? Like where you might have to be referring back to pieces of those accommodations that were recommended. So you want to keep those where they're handy and you can get to those quickly. So if you're going to keep a chronological, that's fine. That's completely up to you. So this is a perfect place for us to talk about step four, which is maintaining your notebook. So how, how do I maintain the notebook? So it's really easy to keep your data notebook up to date. If you put documents in that notebook as you receive them, I know, I know we're all busy. I get it. I, I'm, I, you know, my hands raise, you know, I do as well have stacks sometimes of papers from the, from the school week, right? But let me tell you, if you maintain this notebook as you go, when you get to that annual meeting with your teachers, or if you need to follow up with a doctor, you have everything right there and ready to go. So I would just say that try to keep those as you go. And if you need a central location in your house to kind of stack up, you know, what you got this week, and maybe you do that monthly. But if you can make a habit of, of having a hole punch handy and just going ahead and putting that in your notebook, it will, you will be glad you did later. Let me just say, it's going to save you hours of time later on trying to organize things and, and possibly losing something. 
But let me caution you, you don't have to keep samples of all schoolwork. You don't have to keep everything. I mean, I know that artwork is so super cute, but you know what? Frame it, hang it on the wall, have it in your house to enjoy. Your kids will love that you are displaying their artwork. They, they absolutely love that. What you want to keep, though, are samples from the beginning, middle, and end, uh, you know, as things start changing throughout the year, especially in areas where your child is struggling. You want to see that they're demonstrating improvement or continued struggles so that you have those samples to refer back to. If your child is great, let's say in science and math, then those, those papers are not needed to be in the actual notebook. They can go into your memory box or your memory bin or your memory, you know, whatever you're keeping if you're wanting to keep some extra, not extra, I mean, I have all that too. I'm, I'll be, I got my hand raised in the sky, I got a bunch of stuff. But I don't keep those in her data notebook. Those are just like things I want to be able to reflect back on and look at later. The other thing I would say that works well is instead of having these huge binders you're carrying around, and, and I know you got those, I know if you've already started your notebook, but what I would recommend is during this K-12 educational period, I would keep, an, an, you're going to need multiple notebooks, let me just say that, but at the beginning I would say get one three ring binder, I would say start with a two inch binder, and Keep each level. So you have one for elementary school, one for middle, one from high school. If you need multiple two-inch binders, then that's just what you need to do, right? So you can even do those by year. If you need a ninth grade, 10th grade, 5th grade, whatever, um, then you can keep those that way. And I would say nothing bigger than a two-inch binder just because, you know, they'll, they'll, they're cumbersome to deal with. Um, but if you need to add a, another second or third or fourth two-inch binder in the future, then absolutely, you know, go ahead and do that as well. So you may be thinking, wow, this seems like a lot of information to keep up with, and it seems a little overwhelming to, to, to try to be so organized. But like I said earlier, if you maintain your notebook as you go, it will make it so much easier. If you want to set aside the first Sunday of the month to organize it, then do that too. I mean, do what works for you. Just go ahead and tell yourself that this school year, you're going to make sure that you maintain samples of what you need for your child. So that way, when you get ready to go for that meeting, you have it and you're ready to go. Now, if you want an actual checklist of what you need to create your binder, I have lots of great examples in the VIP experience. I have examples of what I'll actually show you my notebook in there and I'll actually show you uh, the dividers and how I kind of organize mine. Then you are going to need to go to dyslexiamomlife.com and at the top of the website, you should see the back to school bootcamp experience. And you'll see it's the VIP experience is what it's called. If you listen to this at another time that's not back to school time, don't worry. There'll be a link in the show notes and a link in the description where you can go and get access to all this information. It'll be available year round. There's no reason why you can't jump in and get organized in January if you don't find us until then. For those of you, though, that are listening to us at the time that this is released, you can go and register for $15. You can enroll in the Back to School Bootcamp VIP experience. You will have access to, to Part 1, which is your command center, Part 2, which is your homework station, and then Part 3, your communication logs and your data notebook. Not only will you have checklists in there, you'll actually have video of me showing you some examples of these things that we're talking about throughout the boot camp. You'll actually get a couple bonus uh, conference sheets and things like that. You'll get those checklists for each area. 
You'll also get done for you Amazon shopping links. So you can actually click on purchase and have Amazon deliver what you need to your door. I mean, I'm excited about that. I love seeing those Amazon boxes show up at my house. Anyway, thank you so much for being here for the boot camp. If you were not able or you missed the first two parts, please go back and listen to part one and part two. I would love to have your feedback on that. But better yet, I would love to provide you a little more calm as you start your school year out. So remember, you got this. You are not alone. If you would like to be part of our community, we have a fantastic Facebook group called Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast Community. And there are lots of moms just like you raising kiddos with dyslexia in there who are there when you have questions. That is an amazing group. I also pop in there from time to time and provide resources and answer questions. So if you want to continue this conversation, I would love to uh, connect with you in the Facebook group and hear what you think about the boot camp. So I hope you have a fantastic week. And although this is the end of the Back to School Boot Camp series, it is not the end of the conversation. So I'll see you here next week. Have a fantastic rest of your week.